You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. I put in extra work that just can't be found. I took the sword out the stone, wasn't a thing. Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king. Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king. God made me punch in accurate numbers. Yeah. My castle won't crumble. Nah. What I tackle will fumble. Yeah. I've been a leader when they ain't see it, but now my feet is up. up. According to me, royalty didn't end with King Tut. Nah. Crown on my head, clouds is at my legs. Yeah. Big says sky is the limit. I look down on the ledge. I push the bar like I'm opening a cell. Hands in my cookie jar, you won't come out with a single nail. You I need all of mine. The weight of my shoulders won't fit on a scale. What's a king to a giant? What? Well, Goliath fell. Even if we playing chess, dog, this king can't be checked. I make all my moves on the board. I invented my steps. Uh-huh. I'm a king, the blood of a ruler. I feel like Mansa Musa. Musa. Make your squad disappear like landing by the Bermuda. Triangle, look at it from my angle. I'm a king, the closest thing to being one of God's angels. Yeah. I'm a king. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. I put in extra work that just can't be found. I took the sword out the stone, wasn't a thing. Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night This is the Code of Conduct with King Podcast I am your host Jason King And I'm excited, I got two weeks in a row Two weeks in a row with the podcast GOAT out of Buffalo, or he's not from Buffalo, but for Buffalo fans, we got to go two weeks in a row. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome uh, one of my favorite guests, Mr. Bruce Nolan. What is going on, sir? You know, after last week and after the the conversation that we had about Kyler Murray and Deshaun Watson, I'm just glad you had me back. <laughs> so... Well- it was just it was I just got emotional about Kyler. But other than that, I think I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with everything else you said. I would have had Baker at 32. But uh <laughs> but other than that, I agree with everything. So no, I'm uh I've you're you have an open invitation. Whenever you want to be a part of the code of conduct, you don't even have to ask. Just shoot me a text and I'll change up whatever I'm doing. Yeah. I have a hard enough time inviting other people on my pod. I'm certainly not gonna invite me on other other people's <laughs> pods, that's for sure. Uh, well, I, I'll never forget I had a conversation with I had a conversation with Joe Marino because Every year, Joe and I do the What We Would Have Done mm-hmm. podcast on Locked on Bills. And this year, I uh, had some stuff pop up. Those who have listened to the Bruce Exclusive know this. Um, some stuff happened in my personal life uh, where I was unavailable for extraneous things. A lot of guest spots for a while there. And Joe, in an attempt to be nice and respectful of that, did not ask me to come on for that show. Uh, we had initially planned to do it. So a couple Weeks ago, I was like, hey, do you still want to do that show? He's like, yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. You know, I was trying to be respectful of the stuff you got going on. I was like, did I just invite myself on your podcast? I kind of feel like I did. And I'm sorry about that. He's like, no, no, absolutely. Let's get you on. Because, you know, of course, Joe is unbelievably gracious. And so it was great that we got a chance to do that traditional show. And it's nice to have traditions. You know, I've got him 
with that show, it's a tradition. I, I usually do the defense on the bye week. We talk about the defense, and then I've got this tradition with you. And it's it's nice to have things like that. I think that um, relationships are formed and built around the predictable and the nostalgic and the traditional. And I think that some of this stuff is really cool. And I'm so I'm just I'm happy to be here, man. Yeah, no, I agree. It's, it's fun for me. So, you know, I have this with with you where we now have done this now making it annual. And then um, I know SB Nation has changed some things with um, some of the, the networks that they support it. But uh, I also do the divisional code every year with uh, the guys over from from our division rivals, you know, so that's fun every year. And so I have I have quite a few different things going on like that. And, and you're right. It makes it especially for me. I think it, it's exciting because it lets me know, like, Dude, football is really like it's it's yeah. like right here. It's right. It's, here. it's actually back. Unlike the unlike the situation where I'm making a, a, a I'm kind of doing it tongue in cheek on social media when I everything's oh football's back. What's that? Someone's injured. Football's back. You know what's that? Oh, someone's having a contract dispute. Football's back. You know now nah, football is actually back. And like, what we're gonna talk about this week? I've been I've been waiting for this one. Um, we always do the quarterback talk, but but we also are gonna talk about the top coach. Well, really, he he. He hates rankings, but he ranked the head coaches <laughs> for me. <laughs> but we're really we'll go we'll go through the list like we did last week with the co- with the quarterbacks. But we're also going to this time we're going to focus primarily on the top coaches as opposed to last week where we spent more time on the on the back half of the list. Um, I just think it's different when it comes to coaches versus quarterbacks. I think the top five quarterbacks it's kind of like you're just literally splitting hairs with coaches. You it's so different. I think mm. it's so different because, um, for instance, some might say Bill Belichick shouldn't be top five at this point currently because of his team's performance. But then other people will say, well, he's still a great coach. It's just that he doesn't have the play. There's different ways we can discuss this. So we'll get right into it. I'm going to bring up um, the second half of the, or the bottom of the list. Prior to, the, prior to that, I do have a quick moment from uh, Buffalo Freddy, and then we'll get right into it. Let's go. Okay, here's the deal. I know as Bills fans, we wait all year for the fall and the winter so we can go to the Bills games. I get it. Trust me, I do. But let me tell you why this time of the year is elite. It's party time. And we're going to party for so many reasons, whether it's a graduation party, a birthday party, family reunion, or just because it's Saturday and the weather's perfect. Here's the thing. My guy, Buffalo Freddy, has everything you need to make your party the best party of the year. We have everything from chairs and tables to premium tents, water slides, wet and dry bounce houses, and so much more. And that's not all. The best barbecue catering in Western New York has you covered, whether it's a small party or a corporate gathering. Buffalo Freddy Barbecue Catering makes everything easy for you. Rentals and bookings available now at www.buffalofreddy.com or you can call 716-4-FREDDY. That's 716-437-3339. Remember, for all your party rental needs, just call 4-FREDDY. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school 
that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, so let's get right into it. Let's get right into it. I know it says top 10 head coaches here, uh, but that's what we're going to end up at. Uh, we're going to talk really quickly, uh, just go through the, t- the the top. So at the bottom, we have uh, Jonathan Gannon. We have uh, Shane Steichen. Am I saying that wrong? I know Steichen. I don't know the Steichen. So I'll, I'll, I'll actually be very honest. Uh, some of the newer coaches I'm not extremely familiar with. I'm, ex- I'm familiar with the fact that they are hired. I'm, I'm familiar with the, with the fact that um, they – are on, you know, but it's, I'm just not familiar with who they were in, in certain roles. And I'll be honest about that. So that's why I got the, the, that's why I got the, the guy here who knows it all, my man, Bruce. So uh, let, let's start with this, the, the, this cluster at the top here. I feel like it's similar to what you, your opinions yeah. about uh, the quarterbacks was last week. Yeah. It's, it's these, I have no data on these people, right? I, I think I have an idea for what they might be as head coaches, but we've seen plenty of really good, play callers on defensive side of the ball fail. We've seen plenty of really good leaders fail. We've seen plenty of good offensive coaches fail. We've also seen people who didn't even coordinate anything overly effectively be really successful. So the Jonathan Gannon, Shane Steichen, D'Amico Ryan's tier is just, I have no sample size on these people. Mm -hmm. So same thing with, with the people at the end of the quarterbacks where you say, I have zero to one game or maybe two games of say, I don't have anything meaningful when it comes to sample size on these people. And that's where they're at the bottom. I don't know. Anything else is just projection. Anything else is saying what you think they're going to be, not what they are. And what they are is nothing. I I don't know. I mean, you might as well just leave Muffalus entirely, but I have to have 32. So this is what happens. So um, I guess I'm just going to, what I'll do is because of that, I'm going to kind of jump down. Everybody can see uh, the top people here. I'll read through them for the, those listening in podcast form. Uh, but we do have Demeco Ryans, Josh McDaniels. I, I absolutely wholeheartedly agree that he belongs near the bottom of any tier list of coaching. Uh, Todd Bowles, I'm a little torn. I'm a little torn. Uh, so I would like to talk briefly about Todd Bowles. I I don't know how, how much I feel like he's had a a real hand dealt properly, you know, and I, I guess that's, it, it's not fair to say in a way because yeah, he had, he had a team down in, in South Florida with Tom Brady and he had, you know, so he, he, he had so much, but I mean, the, the situation that he's, he's currently in, I just don't, I don't know if I really can hold. I don't know. I just, I don't know if I can hold that team against him. Bowles has had enough situations. Now I think that the Tampa Bay year last year, Mm-hmm. was the, okay, what if Bulls had good quarterback play? Because Tom Brady was still good last year. So what if Bulls had good quarterback play, which is what we asked about him the entire time he was in New York? Because Bulls has proven himself to be a leader of men and a good defensive mind. Like those things are not debatable. But from an administrative standpoint and from a managing your offensive side of the ball and making sure your you know offensive coordinator is on point and things like that, we didn't really have a lot of sample size there because he didn't have any good quarterback play. It was just hiding from the idea that it's hard to isolate the head coach. And this is the important thing about head coaching rankings. When you are discussing 
head coaching rankings with someone else, you should give them more grace than almost any other rankings because there's the most subjectivity built in and it's the most nebulous of all rankings. So head coaches is not where you should dig your heels in and go, no, he is not 19. He is 17. Like that's, this is not the time to do that because you have essentially no data. It's just wins and wins. <laughs> you and I did a show a couple years ago where we did the pie of winning. Do you remember mm -hmm. this? I do. And we assigned individual things and factors that determine whether or not your team wins a game. Mm -hmm. And there were a lot of different factors, like a ton of them. And so when you don't have metrics that you can use to attempt to isolate a head coach, you can do it by things of like aggressiveness. And you know there are some advanced analytics that are trying to get into coaching decisions and the impact that, that has. It's harder and harder and harder to isolate the coach. Todd Bowles finally had the opportunity last year. And Tampa Bay was underwhelming last year in large portion due to Todd Bowles. Yeah. I think he finally had the opportunity. He finally got the question answered. And the answer was, I don't think he's an upper echelon head coach in this league. We needed that. We needed Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Tom Brady. We needed that in order to know. Because before that, the answer with Todd Bowles was, I mean, I don't know. He's had abysmal quarterback plays entire life. Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden he gets good ones and he still underwhelms. And a big chunk of that, of course, was, was Byron Leftwich. But remember, Byron Leftwich under Bruce Arians was a hot topic, was a hot coordinator, was a he was going to be something. He, he was turning down the Jaguars head coaching job. So yeah. Byron Leftwich under... Bruce Arians is a hot commodity. Brian Le Byron Leftwich under Todd Bowles is fired. So yeah. that to me, that's exactly what you needed to be able to isolate the fact that Todd Bowles probably not be considered an upper echelon head coach in the NFL right now. And you know what? That's a good point. So I'll kind of take back, I guess, my my um, skepticism of, of the number of where you have them. Um, and I, I am one who is very supportive of I, I, I actually I, I wish that was the direction that they would have went. Instead of having uh, Todd Bowles, you know, just kind of walk into this position, he had opportunities in New York to be a good coach. He had opportunities, you know, he's and his career has been lengthy. I think Byron Leftwich, man, I think he's he's going to be one of the most talented offensive minds in this league for a long time. And I just and I know he got fired under Bowles, but I, I think the kid, can, he's not a kid, he's a grown man. But, I, you know, I, th I think he can. I think he can coach. I would love I would have loved to see him get that opportunity this year or last, you know, um, I don't know. And he's not on this list, obviously, because he, he doesn't have that position. But um, how do you how do you view him, you know, as, as a candidate in the future? I struggle with Byron Leftwich because of what he looked like when he didn't have Bruce Arians over him. OK, that, okay. That's, that's what that's what struggles. I mean, it's about isolating the variable with so much of these discussions about head coaches, about isolating who they are absent other factors, because that's what makes it so complicated. What makes it complicated is it's so hard to isolate a singular individual in an incredibly complicated team sport. And that's one of the things that makes football so much fun to talk about is because everything is connected to everything else, right? It, you know, 20 years ago, you're like, well, the quarterback's best friend is a run game. Like that was 20 years ago, right? Get him a run game and a defense. That is a quarterback best friend because they understood the intrinsic amoebic sort of relationship where it's, 
everything is flowing into everything else and it morphs and it changes and what you need your quarterback to do one week might be different than what you need him to do the next week and the way you need him to play and everything it's it's a symbiotic relationship between almost every two points on a te- on a team and so the second we had the ability to isolate who Byron left which was without Bruce Arians mm-hmm. it was bad and that's the thing that I struggle with because Byron Leftwich got all his shine when he was with Bruce Arians. And then all of a sudden, Bruce Arians isn't there, and the wheels kind of come off. And a lot of the offensive inadequacies are exposed, and a lot of the discussions about the way that the Bucks' offense ran under Leftwich without Arians look a little different. And so that's what struggles. The second we got the ability to isolate Byron Leftwich, the results weren't positive. And so I struggle with what to make of him. Is it just that Bowles wasn't good enough? If you, if you put Leftwich as an offensive coordinator under another offensive mind, is, are you going to get good results again? And is that just going to lead you down the same road where you go, well, is it Leftwich? I would like to see Byron Leftwich as an offensive coordinator under a different defensive-minded head coach aside from Todd Bowles because that would really that would really shut the door on that question in my opinion. Okay, and that's fair. That's fair. I guess the way I see it, I, I guess I just looked at it like, well, when Todd Bowles took over, he did the same thing he did in New York. Because, you know, he, you know, New York just didn't go well for him either. That's why he's obviously not the head coach there. Um, so I just kind of figured, you know, Byron Leftwich has shown success under, and you're right, though, as an offensive coach. And, it, you know, but I feel like even prior to that, though, you know, he's, he's done some things in the league where people, they speak. They speak well and highly of, of Byron Leftwich. So, but th- that's not what just I feel like we're gonna go down a rabbit hole on coordinators. So let me jump back in. Um, like I said, we're not gonna spend too much more time on this half of the list. There is one name, or actually two names that I want to discuss on here. Um, and I know you know one of them is everybody in Buffalo's second favorite head coach in the NFL is Byron Dayball. Now you have Byron Dayball at 15 and um to to some, I'm sure that would be fair, and to others, the, the emotions will get involved, and they'll say, "Are you kidding me? He first year head coach took the Giants to the playoffs with Daniel Jones as the head coach. I mean, as as the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, why 15? 15, 16, and 17 are the sample size people. Okay, Brian Dable, Mike McDaniel's, Kevin O'Connell, all three of whom I like, all three of whom have been a coach for one year. The annals of NFL history is littered. They are littered with coaches who won coach of the year their first year and then didn't do anything. In fact, the Buffalo Bills had one of those mm-hmm. because they had a player who was, sorry, they had a coach in Dick Duran who was coach of the year with the Bears and then never achieved that height ever again. So sample size matters with coach. This is the same conversation we had last week about sample size. And so I lumped together Dable, McDaniels, and McConnell, and so and O'Connell, sorry, Dable, McDaniels, and O'Connell, because all three of them I like, but all three of them have one year of sample size. Yeah. And that's all I have to go on. And I like all of them. I talked about Mike McDaniels last week and said how highly I thought thought of him as an offensive mind. And I do. A lot of people really don't like Mike McDaniels. They're like, oh, well, he's a nerd. His chick's gonna get old. I like Mike McDaniels. I really do. And I think that the three of them being together is the right call because all three of them are in the same boat. They're all three had successful first years. All three of them had situations where they have 
they look on the up and up, but it's just one year. I, I agree with you. I actually, um, Mike McDaniels was the second one that I was going to ask you about because now outside of us, what we're the conversation we're having, the national attention and the national media, you know, a couple weeks ago, there were quite a few different lists that came out. Obviously, the NFL top 100 for the players came out. And then you had, um, I believe it was Fox or FS1 who did their coaching tiers. And then you had other. So, but Mike McDaniels has has consistently even shown up higher than Sean McDermott on most of these lists. And, you know, now personally, I don't I still don't know if I quite if I believe in him. I just and I'm being honest with that. I think it, now this could be the sample size that you're talking about. But right. um, to me, it's one of those situations where uh, I'm not sure. Are you a basketball fan? Um, no. OK, so a few years ago, the Lakers, um, they hired this guy that he, he was a decent coach. He's a good defensive coach. But then he really just never really won. He used to coach, coach the Pacers and then he kind of bounced around, went down to Orlando, didn't do well. The Lakers get LeBron James and Anthony Davis and they get. Dwight Howard they kind of just get this team that it wasn't it wasn't a super team but it was good enough that you know like if LeBron's healthy and then we go into the bubble okay the Lakers win a championship with this guy because you got LeBron James and Anthony Davis I, I just feel like Mike McDaniels it's really tough to fail when you have uh Jalen Waddle and um, you know and you got Tyreek Hill and you got it, it to me it's just tough you know you can you can throw a three yards and that's not what Tua was doing but you can throw three yard slants to those guys and they'll break them you know, so I just I just find it a little difficult um, to put him top 10, top five and all that stuff. But, yeah, I agree with you. And it should also be noted that I'm stumbling over my words here. It's Mike McDaniel, not Mike McDaniels. <laughs> and I, I just got I got all thrown off. I think I have it. Mike McDaniel here and the graphic says McDaniels. But then all of a sudden I said Kevin McConnell instead of Kevin O'Connell. I was just reading in really fast and it was just yeah, I'm it's just stumbling me. all over myself today. It's me. So everybody, just so you know, I put this graphic together and I'm the one I always I put Rav Rivera is me. OK, I love I love me some Rav, man. Yeah, huge, yeah. huge Rav. You know, uh, you know, Ron <laughs> Rivera has his own martial art. He calls it Rav Maga. <laughs> Last week I did the put up thing. You got I got to get that sound in here. I got to get it. <laughs> but oh. so, yeah, it's me, everybody. It's not Bruce is a perfectionist. Last week he actually texted me. He was like, hey, wait, wait, wait. This is wrong. And again, I probably should have sent him this one and he would have corrected me, but it's okay. Uh, it's, it's the code of conduct. We always have mistakes. So this half of the list, I'm cool with, you know, I'm done kind of, you know, I, I think for the most part, I feel like this, this is fair. Some people might want to put Staley a little bit higher. Um, I don't, you know, but we'll move on. We'll talk about that a different time. Now the top 10, this is, this is the interesting uh, part for me because uh, so some people that I've spoken to about your list have said to me, you know, A, they think Sean McVay has taken a step back. Now, I, you know, he had, he had Baker as his quarterback for half the season last year, yeah. so I can't blame him. Um, some will say that they feel that, you know, because he made it to the Super Bowl, Nick Sirianni should be a little bit higher. I don't necessarily have a I, – I don't, I don't have – I don't have an opinion on that either way, but how did, how did you get to where you ended up with this list? So as I mentioned before, more subjectivity associated with coaching ranks than literally anything else. Sean McVay is the, a lot of these conversations that we're having today are the inverse of the conversations we had last week. 
And I said with Baker Mayfield last week that the only times when Baker Mayfield looked good is when he was with a really high-level offensive mind. And Sean McVay is that. When you look at what McVay has done with Jared Goff, when you look at the way he performed with Matt Stafford, the Rams had unbelievable injury problems last year. And the fact that he had Baker Mayfield in there competing and grinding and actually playing semi-efficient ball is a testament to McVay, I don't think, having stepped back. The fact that you see Cooper Cup consistently dominate every single week, even though every single person in the NFL knows it's Cooper Cup and basically nobody else. The fact that you can consistently drive an offense through a receiver like Cooper Cup week in and week out, the target numbers for Cooper Cup should not be sustainable. The only reason they're sustainable is because McVay is an elite offensive mind. That's it. That's the only reason why. He's an elite offensive mind. There's a reason why everyone was trying to find the next Sean McVay, right? There's a reason why it's McVay and Shanahan and LaFleur talked about as far as some of the better offensive minds in football. We've just seen McVay and Shanahan do it with less quarterback. We haven't seen LaFleur do it with less quarterback yet. If Jordan Love comes out and balls out this year, LaFleur is going to take a jump in these rankings. We've just only seen him do it with Aaron Rodgers. So in relates to... Belichick, this is an interesting conversation about Bill Belichick. I think Bill Belichick is a really good coach. I think Bill Belichick is a really bad GM. Amen. I think that Bill Belichick, the GM, actually hurts Bill Belichick, the coach's ability to do his job. I think that Bill Belichick, the coach, is actually hindered by Bill Belichick, the GM. I think that Belichick, as a GM, had a couple really significant hits. I think that Tom Brady really helped a lot. And I think that if Bill Belichick was in a different organization with a competent personnel assessment program around him, I'm going to use that nice broad terminology, I think we'd still think of him as a top five head coach. But I actually think that if we were having a GM ranking show, which we're not going to have, but if we were going to have one, you would see the discrepancy here between Bill Belichick, the coach, and Bill Belichick, the GM. Because <laughs> I don't think the Patriots have had a really good roster in a really long time. Long like, time. it's been years before I thought the Patriots had a, a good roster. And yet, they were a playoff team in 2021 with a roster I didn't think was very good. Now, they got smoked by the Buffalo Bills because, again, the roster is not that good. But I, I think Bill Belichick's still a good coach. I think he's one of the best defensive game planners in the history of football. And I think that his consistent refusal to have other people do the GMing is actually harming him. Yeah, I agree. And, and it's easy to mask that. And I feel like now um, people are bringing up the fact that Tom Brady's not there, so the record isn't as good. But I think it's easy to mask that when you have the best quarterback or a top three quarterback in the league. And obviously, uh, Tom Brady was either the best by a long shot or he was very close to the best every single season. And, you know, when you're winning multiple Super Bowls like that, it's easy to, to say, well, they don't have a top five receiving core, a top ten. A lot of times they he had, you know, Gronk and – another person to throw to and the other person, you wouldn't rank them in the top 10 for their position, you know, but it's easy to mask when you have a very good defense and then you have Tom Brady. Is there a position room 
for the Patriots that you think is top eight in the NFL? Any of them. Quarterback, running back, receiver, tackles, guards, like interior offensive line, interior defensive line, linebackers. No. And then, so I think on top of what you're saying, as far as him being the GM, and so that, that, that talks about drafting, that talks about free agents, that's like all of that stuff, trading. But it also, I think, I also, I would, I would debate with you. I think, I think the, um, Bill Belichick, the coach is harming Bill Belichick, the coach, but just because of the culture that he's built, you know, it's one thing over the years where it comes out and you're winning and you're winning championships almost every other year. And so it's like, okay, I don't care about how tough his, his program is. I'm going to go there to win because I'm, I know I'm going to win. Now um, there aren't many guys who want to go to new England to play, you know, and it's not just because of the quarterback situation. I don't think, um, you know, everybody is like, completely um disgusted you know with mac jones i think mac jones is a serviceable quarterback i'd take him over baker mayfield but i don't think that um i don't think that a lot of people would like to play for bill that way you know you, you got these guys on they're in free agency and uh what's his name the, the defensive end um matt judon he's been on a, a free I, agent. Some, I love matthew judon man <laughs> what, what, a, what a great character oh, man. man he's a hell he's hilarious He's hilarious. And and he's been on a, like a free agent tour for the last two seasons and he has not won. He struck out on everyone. <laughs> but I think I think that there's something to say about Bill Belichick just overall in general. I think he's harming the organization at this point. I think that I think he really wants to hang on to be the all time coaching winningest, winningest mm-hmm. coaches record. I think that that's important to him. Um, but I think the last gasp for Belichick, the GM was probably the big free agent class that the Patriots had not too long ago, the Nelson Aguilar, Johnu Smith class. And after that flopped, after they spent the most guaranteed money in the NFL, and then that kind of flopped on them. Hunter Henry ended up being a good piece for them, but not the number one, you know, highest paid tight end in the league kind of stuff at the time. So I, I think that that was the last bastion of opportunity for GM Belichick to prove that GM Belichick is, is an elite GM. And I don't think he is. I'm, I'm, I agree with you. I, um, me personally, if I was to redo this list, I still have him uh, top 10. I just, I don't have him five right now, just based on um, what we've seen recent, the, the recency bias from it, but, but no, he, I mean, he's a phenomenal coach. I think he'll go down as, as the best ever still, you know, even if he never, if he, if he stops coaching after last year, he's, he's the greatest of all time. I agree with you. I think, I think the fact that, you can't you cannot separate him from Brady for that long. And so yeah. I think that no matter what happens, I don't think he's damaging his legacy. I think he's gonna go down as a Hall of Fame coach first ballot. I'm with you. I agree one hundred percent. So um Bills fans want to know. I'm I'm sure of it. Why why um or seven for Sean McDermott for some might feel low. Um personally I, I think I would probably flip him and uh Bill Belichick on this list. Yeah, and I'd be fine with that. Like I said, there's a lot of there's a lot of subjectivity that goes into stuff like this. Um, Sean McDermott has made far, far more good calls than bad calls over the course of his career. I think Sean McDermott, I mentioned uh, when I was talking about contentment earlier, and I said that Sean McDermott is good enough to win a Super Bowl with. And I don't I don't think I can get on board with any of the line of thinking that says, well, you can't win a Super Bowl with Sean McDermott. I don't think you need to be a top four head coach to win a Super Bowl. I don't think you even need to be a top 10. I think you'd be a top 12, 13, 14 head coach and win a Super Bowl because of all the factors that we talked about before, all the other stuff that goes into winning a Super Bowl. Uh, Mm -hmm. Sean McDermott, it 
it it's going to be a really interesting test. Now, I didn't project anything, but having him also call defensive plays is going to be a very interesting test this year. The things that he does well, which I actually do think the fourth down aggressiveness, things like things like that, I do think that that stuff bends in his favor. It's going to be really interesting this year to see if any of that stuff falls off with his attention divided. Now, historically, one of the reasons why I give him credit for this stuff is that he could just be a head coach. Sean McDermott is one of the very rare coaches on this list that's high that doesn't call defensive plays and doesn't call offensive plays. Andy Reid has been a significant factor in the offense. Now, we know Eric Bieniemy called offensive plays um, a chunk of the time, a meaningful amount of the time in Kansas City. Um, but, I mean, you basically have Tomlin, Harbaugh, and McDermott on this list of people who didn't really meaningfully call plays, right? And McDermott obviously dabbled in it. He took play calling away from Leslie Frazier very early on and then gave it back. So it's kind of unique to not have that situation. Belichick has always had his hand in the defense. And I know that they think really highly of Gerard Mayo as the, maybe the next guy up in new mm. England. And he's had a big, a big, scenario it's always been very hush hush as to who does what you know belichick thinks he's gaining some sort of competitive advantage by not telling you who's calling plays right so there's always been some ambiguity there but i think sirianni at 10 is a great example of this kind of thing because sirianni it's you know how do you handle the loss of both of your coordinators Mm -hmm. is a big deal if both your coordinators get poached how do you handle it now a lot of eagles fans are excited to see jonathan gannon gone because they there's have a bad taste in their mouth from the Super Bowl and all the stuff yeah. that happened there. Um, but, you know, how much of a factor was Shane Steichen? I think that Sirianni is a coach who has an opportunity here that I think with sample size, obviously Sirianni, less sample size, which is why he's lower. I think he can jump up this list next year. If the Eagles repeat as NFC champions and show up in the Super Bowl again with a completely new defensive coordinator, a completely new offensive coordinator, baby, you have isolated the variable. It's Sirianni, in which case he jumps up here. But sample size and the inability to isolate it right now is what's pushing him down to 10. But again, these are all subjective factors. How much weight do you put into things like sample size? How much weight do you put into things like play calling prowess? How much weight do you put into things like culture, right? There is no more subjective list than there is with head coaches. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I agree with you, but for me, so and this is very subjective here. Too, but so when it comes to Nick, I, I think um, he he's the guy on this list. If out of everybody, um, more than anybody, I should say, I think he's the guy on this list that really benefited from having a phenomenal job done from the GM and scouting position. And I'm sure head coaches have a ton of input when it comes to things like, oh no, heck yeah, I would love that player. But I don't think you can you can't argue. Yeah. 
at least to me, that there was a better GM job in the NFL last year than what the Philadelphia Eagles had. You know, I just I, I just don't think you can argue that. So I think I, I could have went there and probably got 10 wins with that team. You know, Howie I mean? Roseman is a top three GM. Absolutely. Absolutely. However you want to, however you want to, you frame it. I think Howie Roseman is a top three GM in this league. I think that the conversations start around, you know, Veach, and I think that I think Eric DaCosta deserves a place in that discussion. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Brandon Bean deserves a place in that discussion. I think Howie Roseman deserves a place in that discussion. Um, Bean is behind those, yeah, for yeah. me. Because I said it's been a while since he's hit a home run. Um, I think he's done a, a really, really good job of hitting consistent doubles, but home runs need to be what puts this team over the over the list. Like I said, we're not going to have a GM ranking, and so for me, Bean is not as high as those other people that we mentioned. I think he deserves a conversation, right? But that conversation for me happens around you know consistent doubles, consistent doubles, consistent doubles, um, lots of singles. I think he's hasn't made a lot of egregious mistakes, um, but ultimately, I think he needs to hit a couple dingers to really be in that discussion as as one of the upper echelon GMs in football. And I agree with you a hundred percent about Brandon. I think you know because when you look at Brandon Bean, I think over the fir- the course of the few first few years, it's like, oh yeah, he's bringing this guy. Oh yeah, and, and it's like we our team. I feel like we were. Um, because because they basically gutted the entire team and changed, you know, and but they they brought in talent. Like the team is talented top to bottom, but I think um, at this point, I accuse them often now of of their. I feel like they're falling into um, that Green Bay formula where you know it's like okay, now we got Josh and we noticed it. We got Diggs with him. Now this year, I, I reserve the right to wait until after the season to to you know really judge uh, what Brandon Bean has done, but. But I do. I feel like every year, go out and get get your quarterback a guy. Go go get your quarterback a guy. And, you know, you look at these other teams around the league. For instance, we talked about – last week we talked about the quarterbacks, and we talked about Joe Burrow, and we talked about Tua, and we talked about – and Miami, okay, they had Jalen Waddle. What did they do? They went and got Tyreek Hill. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? We're and, hoping, and I get it. We're hoping Dalton Kincaid is that guy. And that's what I'm saying. So after I'll, I'll reserve that until the end of the season to say, but but I'm with you. I think I think Brandon Bean, and and even that's another reason why I have Sean McDermott kind of where I do. I think Sean McDermott makes some some tough decisions on things. I think he has more input with the GM situation than most other coaches, not named Bill Belichick and Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think the fact that he was hired first and then Brandon Bean was hired after him, I think says a lot. I think the fact that they had a, a pre-existing relationship from Carolina says a lot. Um, but I think. Like I said, it's very subjective. I think the GM conversation is less subjective than the coaching conversation because the coaches are impacted. Coaches are middle management in the NFL. They're middle management. Mm-hmm. You, 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 middle management is weird in the corporate world because you have people that you are coaching underneath you who have to perform, but then you also have people above you who are setting the agenda for you. And so that that creates interesting discussions in the corporate world. There are... There are an, tons of stories in the corporate world about, you know, you have middle managers who will say to their boss, Oh, I'm really excited about this job opportunity. I'm going to go out and interview a bunch of t- bunch of people. And then their boss will say, great. Hey, I want you to go ahead and do an exhaustive interview. And then I want you to hire Joe Smith. And the coach is like, what? And the middle manager is like, what do you mean? Yeah. Yeah. We're going to hire Joe Smith. And you're like, okay, so you're going to hold me responsible for coaching up frontline workers that I didn't get to pick. Yeah. Yeah, I am. 
And so that's that's a parallel there between the corporate world and, and the NFL. Uh, co- you know, head coaches are kind of middle management, so it creates this weird subjectivity to a lot of their stuff. But yeah, that's that's how I feel about uh, Sean McDermott. I think Sean McDermott's a good coach. I'm happy he's a coach. I'm not looking to upgrade right now from Sean McDermott mm-hmm. as a head coach. I think he's plenty good enough to win a Super Bowl. And I think with a lot of these people, I think sample size and is going to come into play. And so I think there's some big question marks with Matt LaFleur as far as, you know, I think he's a great offensive play caller. Can he do it when he doesn't have Aaron Rodgers and he doesn't have Devontae Adams to run an offense through? I think he's a good play caller. I do. Um, But now we have, you lost a a player that you were running an offense through and Aaron Rodgers, as we mentioned last week, kind of took a dip. And then this year you lost Aaron Rodgers. So now you don't have the quarterback to run your offense through. You don't have the wide receiver to run your offense through. Let's see. Uh, Doug Peterson's a perpetually underrated coach. I think a lot of the discussions we're having about uh, aggressiveness on fourth down, a lot of that stuff originated with Doug Peterson when he was with the Eagles. And we don't give him credit for kind of ushering in almost a new era. He was on the cutting edge of a lot of analytics stuff with Philadelphia as well. And I mean, look what happened with, with Trevor Lawrence, the second Doug Peterson showed up. And so I, I think he's a good coach. Uh, I think he probably shouldn't have gotten fired in Philadelphia. There was some other stuff going on with Carson Wentz and all the stuff there, but Hey, I think the Jaguars are happy to have him, and I think they're happy they hired him and not Byron Leftwich. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree 100%. I, I can't even fight that. Um, so the rest of your list, I think, is is spot on. And there's one that I, I just want to be dramatic about because I love this guy so much. And everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people tend to call him my voice twin. And I've been hearing that back since Buffalo Fanatic days. Rico used to tell me all the time, bro, you sound just like, you sound just like Mike Tomlin. Hmm. And I never believed that until uh, Levi Wallace and I were hanging out one time and I said something and his mom looked at me and his mom said, you, you, you sound like Mike, you sound like coach Tomlin. So I guess I do kind of sort of sound like coach, but outside of just me thinking he's my voice twin, twin, I think he's, you know, um, I, I just think he's, he, I, I don't have anything negative to say about him. I think he's a phenomenal coach. I think he's a, a, a leader of men. Like he's a, he's a, he's a player's coach, but he's also, um, he's a great man. And I think that's kind of, you don't get insight like that about a lot of these guys all the time, but I think, you know, you look back to like the Ryan Clark interview when Ryan talked about how, um, he, when he was a player and he, he was out on the field and then it, what was it? A neck injury or head injury. Right. And, you know, and, and coach Tomlin stopped him and he's like, no, I got to think about you. Like you were my son. I wouldn't let my son back on that field. So I'm not going to let you go. And just certain other moments, you know, that it's not necessarily about the X's and O's and it's not about defense and offense, but I, I just think he's a phenomenal head coach. And, and to be honest with you, man, I, I, I love coach McDermott. I'm a bills fan, but if, if I had to put my, you know, if I had to say I had a favorite coach, it's absolutely, I think Mike Tomlin has that for me. Sure. And that, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, if you look what Mike Tomlin's done and what he's able to cobble together with, you know, the corpse of Ben Roethlisberger and some of the quarterbacks he's played, I think the number one knock on Mike Tomlin is his continued loyalty to Matt Canada. Yeah. I mean, that's probably the biggest knock you can have on Mike Tomlin right now. Um, and that's, you know, the consistency of the winning in that organization with quarterback play that hasn't been good in years. Like mm-hmm. Ben Roethlisberger at the end was not good. Yikes. And then you have, I mean, the guy was making a playoff run with duck Hodges. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mike Tomlin is a good head coach. We've seen it. We've isolated the variable with Mike Tomlin. We've seen it with elite quarterback play. 
where he was winning Super Bowls. And we've seen him with really bad quarterback play where he's competing for playoff spots. So if you're if your team is competing for playoff spots with bad quarterback play and they're winning Super Bowls with elite quarterback play, you're probably a good quarterback. So you're probably a good coach. And so I obviously think really highly of Mike Tomlin. I think Mike Tomlin is the supersized version. I think he's had the supersized version of Sean McDermott's career. Yeah. You know, that's a great way to put it. That's a great way and to put so it. And so I think that if I... Sean McDermott keeps this up and if he gets, you know, a little bit more, I think we're having similar conversations with Sean McDermott and Mike Tomlin. I think they're a similar style of coach. Um, and, um, but I, I, I think, I think really highly of Mike Tomlin as a coach. Uh, I think that the number one thing, like I said, that I can fault him for at this point is the continued loyalty and the fact that, that, that Steeler mentality, that patience mentality mm-hmm. almost trickles into Mike Tomlin a little bit too much. And that's fair. That's fair. You know, but outside of that, that to me, that's the one thing that you could put on his resume. I but agree. then now uh, let's move to number one. And just like last week, I feel like it's tough when you have um, a, probably the greatest offensive mind currently in football tied to uh more than likely the greatest offensive player in football right now. Uh, it's, it's tough to imagine them not winning multiple Super Bowls. And right now they have multiple. Andy Reid and, and Patrick Mahomes are number one on both your lists heading into the season. Let's talk a little bit about Andy. Andy Reid has long been one of my favorite head coaches. So for those of you who do not know, my brother and my uncle are Eagles fans. I was born in West Philadelphia. So I grew oh, up coming from a long line of Eagles Sorry. fans. And so they were very obviously invested when the Eagles were, you know, be successful in the Andy Reid and Donovan McNabb era. And Andy Reid had an ability to get offensive production and manufacture it with almost no wide receivers. I mean, aside from Terrell Owens, I mean, we were talking about Todd Pinkston's, Freddie Mitchell's of the world, right? Jason Avant. These were the wide receivers. But Andy Reid was consistently manufacturing offense, passing offense with Donovan McNabb and with a good offensive line, but skill positions that were just consistently underwhelming in Philadelphia. And that's something you don't see in the modern NFL, except in Kansas City, where it's Travis Kelsey and then a bunch of dudes. I'm sorry if you're, you know, a Kadarius Tony truther out there, but you know, it's, it's, it's Travis Kelsey and a bunch of guys. It's good offensive line, Travis Kelsey and a bunch of guys. And he can consistently manufacture offense because now he's got an upgraded version of Donovan McNabb with Patrick Mahomes. Mm -hmm. He's got one elite offensive weapon, Travis Kelsey, who is still amazing. I I can't, I know that Travis Kelsey says, he says, how do you get it so open all the time? He goes, Oh, it's Andy Reid. Watch it. It's also Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey at his age is still separating from man coverage as a 33-year-old tight end. He's still pulling away from guys and separating from man coverage. It is – I keep thinking every year this is the year that Travis Kelsey falls off and he just doesn't do it. Yep. So – I, I don't. I purposely don't draft him in fantasy because like this is going to be the year. And then yeah, what does he do? He turns and around. It, just, it ends and... up being one of these days we're going to be right. But until yeah. then, <laughs> Travis Kelsey is just is still elite. But Andy Reid has never had. And it was oh well, he's got Tyreek Hill. Then he he only had Tyreek Hill in a very small window of his entire career. Andy Reid. Yeah. He had Terrell Owens for a very very small time. 
He had Tyreek Hill for a relatively small amount of time relative to his entire career. The overwhelming part of Andy Reid's career, he's manufactured high-level offenses with very little receiver play. Who else can you say that about? Anybody? Not that comes to mind. I mean, I mean think about the players. Shanahan, the the uh, coaches he, we just talked about. Shanahan has Debo and Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, he I'm a huge Brandon Ayuk guy, right? Yeah. Look at LaFleur had Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. Right? Maybe the best receiver in football, depending on who you ask, right? Yeah. Brian Dable had, of course, Stephon Diggs when he was here. And then he goes to the Giants, and the Giants don't have an elite passing offense because he doesn't have an elite passing weapon. Now they have Darren Waller, and it looks like it might be Darren Waller and everybody else because the Mm -hmm. reports out of training camp are Darren Waller is basically unstoppable with the Giants. And having him get shake free from Josh McDaniels is a huge boost for him because, again, not not, don't think highly of Josh McDaniels as as a head coach. Andy Reid was great before Patrick Mahomes. Andy Reid was great with Alex Smith. So you can't say that Andy Reid is hanging on Patrick Mahomes' coattails because there's so much sample size. Andy Reid made the Dolphins trade a second-round pick for A.J. Feely. (laughs) Do we not remember this? Andy Reid was chalking on a playoff run with Coy Detmer as the quarterback. Insane. Andy Reid's really good. Andy Reid's really good. And so I think that the best thing that Andy Reid did was he said, I don't want to be Bill Belichick. I don't want to be the guy who's in charge of everything from a personnel standpoint. Brett Veach has a lot of power there. Now, Andy Reid has someone he trusts in Brett Veach, but this isn't the Andy Reid making the picks show. Andy Reid's like, I'm a football coach. That's what I do. In addition, all the things you talk about, with Mike Tomlin being a good man, if you talk to people from Philadelphia and Kansas City, they will tell you things like that about Andy Reid. And so, to me, I am so glad that he got himself a couple rings so we don't have to have this discussion anymore. Mm -hmm. Because it's hilarious to me that we can go from Andy Reid isn't the guy because he can't get over the hump to Patrick Mahomes doesn't gets diminished because of Andy Reid. We yeah. went to that like overnight. It went from Andy Reid can't go over the hump to Patrick Mahomes' achievements gets diminished because of Andy Reid. So he went from being the, the thing that holds a team back to the thing that now makes you hold the other players back. Because we do that at the end of it. We just concoct narratives all the time. And we flip-flop. And we go back and forth. Blah, 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 blah. Andy Reid's a really good coach and Patrick Mahomes is a really good quarterback. Both those things can exist simultaneously. And they do. Yep. Yep, they, they have that team has the best coach and the best quarterback currently. It is what it is. They have what the Patriots had when the Bills. Tom Brady had the best record in Ralph Wilson Stadium uh, at that during his career, other than Bills quarterbacks. But anyway, we'll move on. So it's time to get out of here, man. Uh, before we do, football's back for us. Uh, do you have any like what, I know it's preseason first game, so it's kind of like. But what are your thoughts on this weekend's game with the Bills and the Colts? I think that the big story is going to be Jonathan Taylor. That's what I think. I think the biggest story is going to be Jonathan Taylor. Like the entire thing is going to, the entire national narrative around that game is not going to be about the bills at all. And I'm quite frankly, I'm fine with that. Yep. I'm fine with that. Get out of there healthy. Right. And fly under the radar. And I'm good. When it comes to preseason, I love watching preseason for individual purposes. And Mm -hmm. I love to watch individual players, but team performance in preseason means nothing. Yeah. 
It means yeah. absolutely nothing. For me, it's stay healthy and watch individual players. And to me, that's what it is all, all of preseason. So preseason and practices. You're talking about, yeah. you know, training camp. All, just just get out, get healthy. I hate hearing about all the ACL tears and the Achilles. And um, I, I, you know what? And, and it will really get out of here now. But um, I'm really happy that Joe Burrow's injury wasn't an Achilles. Yeah, you know, I, I do it wasn't Achilles. It was the calf, calf strain. Yeah. I, I agree with yeah. you. I want to say that publicly. I know a lot of times Bills fans and Bengals fans, we right now we got this little thing going back and forth. But listen, man, we want that guy healthy. You know, we want we want down in Miami, you know, unfortunately, Ramsey's out, but we want him healthy. You know, we want we want these teams at full strength. So but uh, let's get on out of here, Bruce. Uh, I know you're not going to make it, but September 16th, please make sure everybody come on out to the Megapod. Buffalo Rumblings and the Resurgence Brewery, sponsored by fans of Buffalo. We're going to get it going. Uh, I'll be there. Sarah will be there. Joe, Jeremiah Poyer, Sterling, the Mafia cast, and more people. Got a lot going on. So show up, show out. Let's have some fun, uh, drink some beer, and and uh, hang out. Hang out. It's the day before the home opener. So you already know it's going to be live and, and crazy energy. Uh, Bruce, do you, do you already kind of know what your – do you know what your show is going to be this Thursday? I do not yet. I'm just going to kind of go with the flow and – as the narratives turn, so too will I. Okay. So, as usual, everybody look for the Bruce exclusive. And Bruce, man, I thank you, man. Every year, this is this is a, a honor for me, and I enjoy it every single time. Uh, and ladies and gentlemen, y'all know how we do it here. Y'all love each other, take care of each other, live in peace. And as always, stay positive, test negative, go Bills. Code of Conduct. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.